the mighty Led Zeppelin, who have just made their TikTok debut. And here's our music expert, Eric Alper, joins us now on Global News Radio. And Eric, Zepp and TikTok, I don't know how many people saw this coming, but uh, what's the story here? What's behind this? Well, if you go on TikTok, you will see Robert Plant dancing with Jimmy Pate. No, I'm only kidding. But that would be actually something pretty amazing. If they were <laughs> um, but no, it turns out that Led Zeppelin has finally granted their music to be available on TikTok, which does nothing but guarantee a lot of money to be made and also solidifies them with the 8 to 15-year-old crowd that will get a taste for what Led Zeppelin is all about for the next 50 years. I mean, this is it. This is the new radio for classic rock bands, and they follow in the footsteps of the Beatles going on TikTok. So now you have teenagers and people on that platform that are doing dances and singing along to Led Zeppelin, um, expanding their audience well past the classic rock audience that, um, without this, might have been a little bit stale. Yeah, and that's what occurred to me when I read this story yesterday, because it used to be to kind of keep a uh, band alive, uh, if you will, or somewhat uh, fresh, that uh, we'd get music released from the vaults, or there'd be the remastered series of their entire catalog, uh, that sort of uh, thing. But this is just another extension of that, right? Uh, putting your band, a band like Zeppelin, on TikTok yeah. and going where that uh, next generation of listener is. Yeah. And, and, you know, when people talk about, oh, classic rock is so great, it's nothing like the music of today. It's because we keep hearing music from the 60s and 70s over and over and over again, precisely because wherever new format is kind of invented for people to consume music or watch videos, the classic rock artists of Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, the Who, the Stones, Janis Joplin, the Doors, they're always the first ones to be on there. Well, certainly the most popular ones. I mean, don't look for Hermits Hermits to be on TikTok, but the ability for those superstar artists to continue to use new ways of getting their music out there um, is and should be applauded because they're the ones that keep the spirit of the 60s alive. You know, they may, you know, these kids that are on TikTok, and I call them kids with the best of intentions, please don't come to my house and scream at me. But like these kids that are on TikTok are, are, are growing up in homes with vinyl records, with classic rock secondary um, to their music listening. They're listening to Let It Be by the Beatles and Billie Eilish back to back. And so to be on TikTok is just another way for them to share the music that they love. And with this generation, it truly is all about letting people know what you're listening to. Right. Why has it the TikTok? Uh, why has it become so influential, particularly when it comes to music? Do we know uh, why that has happened, this phenomenon? Because it really is growing. I know there's radio stations. Uh, Sirius has got a channel, satellite radio, dedicated to TikTok music called TikTok Radio. Yeah. And there are people that get hired at radio for jobs precisely because they have a large audience on TikTok to bring to the traditional media like magazines and newspapers. I think part of it is that, you know, these these people that are creating videos are so ahead of making really fast paced, brilliantly sometimes comedic, sometimes sad, sometimes full of information. They do it so well to capture our imagination in less than, you know, 60 seconds that 
um, it, it really changed the scope of how we're consuming information. But it wasn't by accident. You know, Twitter having 140 characters then to 280 allowed us to tighten up what we were feeling as opposed to writing paragraphs on on Facebook. Now you have TikTok creating one-minute videos as opposed to creating 15-minute videos that you can put on YouTube. So things that happen and things that get successful don't happen by chance. They happen with that new generation saying, this is cool, I'm now going to use this for this. And that's where the classic rock music comes in. All right, switching gears, we got some fresh Adele intel to pass people's way here uh, this afternoon. One Night Only is the special, the TV special that uh, she's going to film with Oprah Winfrey. It is not only an interview, but this two-hour special is also a performance, we found out. And that's because, and I love this story, Eric, tell us about this. Uh, there was somebody hiking the other day in the Hollywood Hills and just uh, heard Adele music just kind of, you know, in the wind, if you will. Uh, yeah, wouldn't that just freak you out a little bit? To just be like walking by yourself in complete solitude, getting away from the city. All of a sudden, you hear the voice of Adele. And it would be like, she is a goddess. But no, it turned out that she was filming a concert at the, the Los Angeles Griffin Observatory in front of a star-studded crowd, which included Drake, among others. So there's going to be a concert component to the CBS special um, and the guy filmed 15 seconds of it, of, uh, of <laughs> Adele doing this concert. I'm super, I'm so excited to see this now. Yeah, you have to check this out on Twitter and Insta. It's great. His name is uh, Joey, and he says, I casually stumbled upon Adele filming her special while hiking in Griffith Park, and you play it, and all you see is this. It's got to be just so majestic, so great. This uh, backdrop, again, up in the Hollywood Hills, this observatory, and all you hear is Adele just uh, playing in the uh, background. It's just awesome. Like, when do you think that that's just some dude playing Adele really loud? Yep. <laughs> it would be completely lost on me if I was the one out there uh, hiking, without a doubt. Uh, by the way, the special is November uh, 14th, and you can see it here in Canada, right here on uh, Global. So uh, make sure you uh, check that out, November 14th. Uh, Eric, also want to touch uh, today on uh, some sad news here. The uh, passing of really a management icon, uh, Herbie Herbert, who uh, put together uh, Journey and many other uh, bands and really was a uh, manager that was uh, instrumental, particularly in the late 70s and 80s. Talk to us about this, about uh, kind of establishing what became known as arena rock. Yeah, this guy was it. When you go see a large concert with 20,000 people, um, Walter Herbie Herbert was the guy to, to bring concerts from small ballrooms and realize that a lot of money could be made um, with giant shows, with bigger stages, bigger lights, bigger sound. He managed um, Santana and Journey and Roxette and the Steve Miller Band. Um, all those four artists, you know, excluding Roxette, which was kind of classic rock, but those three artists in particular really allowed artists to not play 200 dates a year in America. You can play one to everybody who wanted a ticket, and that caused a whole change with the music industry, allowing um, the music industry to go um, really busters when it comes to the amount of money that was to be made when you're on the road. So when you are paying $350 for a concert ticket, um, good or bad, you can thank Herbie for that. But I always thought that he was a brilliant, brilliant manager that steered some of the legendary artists in the right direction.
Yeah, journey most notably, uh, putting Steve Perry together with uh, Neil Sean. And for those that were around, you probably remember in the early 80s, some of those uh, tours really uh, groundbreaking because it was the first time uh, we saw these large spectacles with the uh, light show, then eventually pyrotechnics, and of course uh, these uh, large screens. All of that innovated uh, by him uh, very early on with uh, Journey and some of those other bands you mentioned. Yeah, so when you're sitting at the last row and you're watching a giant screen and you hear it four seconds later, you can thank Herbie for that. <laughs> All right. Herbie Herbert, longtime uh, manager of uh, Journey, along with the uh, Steve uh, Miller Band, unfortunately passing away yesterday at the age of 73. Eric, thank you for helping us remember him, and thanks for this. Uh, we'll talk again. Absolutely, Jeff. We'll talk soon. All right. Music expert Eric Helper with us, and we're back after a break on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.